I've been given the honor to speak to three successful and um, uh, original visionaries in the Australian Muslim communities. We've got two guests from Sydney and one guest from Melbourne. And we'll be starting off with Dalal Uzdemir, who is the founder of Earth Imama. Assalamualaikum, Sister Dalal. Thank you for joining us. My absolute pleasure. I hope you're doing well, uh, keeping keeping safe in... <laughs> Keeping sane, you mean lockdown? We're doing well, alhamdulillah. We're finding things to um, keep us busy. Alhamdulillah, that's great. It's really great to have you on board uh, here today. And um, I really appreciate that you've wanted your time to come and present uh, your story and the story of your business. Now, thank you for having me. And I just love what you guys do, honestly, when I received the phone call and explanation of, you know, what you're trying to achieve as a collective. I thought this is brilliant and this is what the community needs. Thank you so much. I really appreciate that. So uh, to start off with, could you give us a 10-second like elevator pitch about <laughs> what is your business and, yeah, just just uh, tell us about it. Absolutely. So we are a certified organic delivery service. We have six pickup points across Melbourne. Um, and we deliver organic groceries, fruits and vegetables that are super-duper fresh um, we connect a lot with farmers. Um, we employ local mums and teenagers to work for us. And um, the produce is picked the day before it's received um, and it's delivered the same day that it's been packed. Could you tell us a little bit about how, how did Earthy Mama actually start? How did, you, how did you actually become inspired to create Earthy Mama? Um, so when I got married, uh, my husband was super health conscious. I knew nothing about organics and slowly, slowly he introduced it into our, you know, family household, um, and taught me so much about organics. And we had our first baby healthy and well, alhamdulillah. And then we had our second baby, uh, my daughter, Zara, who was diagnosed with juvenile arthritis at the age of one. Um, which is, you know, a disease that is affecting a lot of Australian kids, especially females at the moment. It's painful. They have to be on a lot of medication. And it just wasn't sitting right with me that a one-year-old needed steroid injections and oral steroids and medication. And the hospital, fantastic, the medical system, but all they were offering was a Band-Aid solution to the pain. There wasn't a solution, you know, um, to the actual problem. So I thought it's time to start investigating and the first thing that we learned about is diet and how much diet can affect, you know, the gut and healing and health and, you know, inflammation. Um, so we thought, okay, first steps, let's start with fruit and veg. She's one and a half at this point. You know, kids eat a lot of fruit. That's the easiest part to start with. And we live in the northern suburbs. There is no local organic fruit and veg stores in our area. The closest one was about 45-minute drive. So every Sunday we would drive out to the farmer's market and to the health food store, pick up what we needed and come back. And my husband was working five days a week in his full-time job and that sixth day for his family's business. So, you know, his seventh day, he really did not want to spend a grocery shopping with me and two toddlers. So he said, can't you just get this stuff delivered? And I thought, okay, let's trial that out. And I did. And, you know, I am Middle Eastern. We don't eat everything, you know, that everyone else eats. So, you know, getting seasonal boxes from other companies, it was never fresh. It was never to my liking. It mm. didn't really work for my family. Um, so he, you know, at this time I'd started my own small business selling organic products, so shampoos, cleaning products, all the sort of products you need in your house. But food and fruit and veg was really, really missing. So he said, you need to focus your business on this pathway, you know. And I thought, oh, it's going to be hard. It's tricky. Mm -hmm. 
Um, and I was studying at the time teaching. So alhamdulillah, I've actually got a teacher's degree for a year, <laughs> but it wasn't my true calling. Um, so we started the business and we had 10 friends that were customers. Yeah. And every week we'd get the produce fresh, we'd pack orders, and it was great. But every week those 10 friends would tell other friends and they wanted in. And I simply couldn't help them out because I was packing from my house. I had a baby strapped in and, you know, the carrier mm -hmm. And I was packing the orders. Um, so we expanded, you know, we got a nice big double garage and we could cater to more customers. And it just kept on growing naturally, organically, you know. Um, I would, I am very, very active on social media. So I'd be sharing recipes and, you know, how to cook the produce that would come in. And really the education is important. You can yeah. provide a product to someone, but if you're not showing them how to use it, especially food, you know, we love mm. our food, but if you're showing, not showing them how to use it, how to cook it, you know, it's it's not going to work. Um, so my passion is definitely there, teaching mums how to feed fussy kids, how to use produce that maybe they have never purchased before. Um, and, yeah, we have a warehouse now. We are operating two days a week um, and we have... I think it's about eight employees at the moment as well, alhamdulillah. And we are three and a half years old um, in the business. And alhamdulillah, there's just no looking back now. You know, I love what we do. Um, the customers love what we do. And for me, the priority was not only to build a business that served the community, that was always our aim, but I also wanted to build a little community within ourselves. So we don't call our customers customers, we call them our family. You know, everything is welcome to the Mama family because, you know, the women come and pick up their orders and some of the husbands and they actually talk with each other, you know, and they discuss the latest health trend or they discuss what they're doing with their fennel that they've received in their box. And, <laughs> It really was a community that formed, you know, just from the business. MashaAllah. That's great. That's great to hear. I mean, just that story is so it's so inspiring, you know, coming out of a need that was very personal. Then inadvertently, so many other people were looking for the exact same yeah. service that you were looking for. It's amazing to see that, uh, that you've been able to kind of address that and engage with your customers in this way. And I think a lot of the attendees and the business uh, owners or startup founders, They'll be very interested in how how do you actually engage with your customers? Like, what what are the techniques that you um, use or uh, ways that you use to engage with your customers? And how, is it have you got like a loyal customer base that is kind of uh, keep on uh, purchasing your products? How, what, you know, just describe to us what's your customer. Yeah, absolutely. So there's a few things, and I think the most important thing is to identify who your customer base is. So yeah. when I initially started the business. Um, that wasn't the easiest for me because I wanted to service everyone. You know, why isn't everyone buying from me? Whether they be teenagers living at home with their parents, grandparents, mums, dads, everyone. And I realised I'm going to attract, you know, the customers that I can relate to. You know, that just naturally happens yeah. um, and that's easy for me. So I'm a mum, I have three kids, I am a Muslim and I'm based in the northern suburbs of Melbourne. So naturally that is what I attracted. Um and, you know, I have had business coaches who said, why aren't you broadening your audience range? Why just mums? Mm -hmm. And I said, because I feel like that's who I can connect with. Mm -hmm. um, so first things first, identify who your audience is and aim for them. You know, mm -hmm. if you're trying to aim for a really broad audience, it's not going to work. Mm -hmm. So I'm a mum. So I talk all things children, 
fussy eating. My yeah. kids will feature on my social media sometimes, you know, telling the other kids, hey, this is a smoothie I made and it's brilliant. So identify your customer base. And then the next thing is um, just know who you are. You know, if you've got a strong identity and you know who you are and you know what your priorities are and you know what your morals are, you know, it really shines. So, you know, we're the type of business that never lie. We don't want to lie. We don't want to put on a front. We are upfront and honest all the time, maybe too much sometimes. <laughs> Transparency as a business is really important to us. You know, if we have a batch of bad strawberries, I'm not going to make up, you know, something, a statement and say, oh, it's because yeah. of XYZ. No, this is what's happened. You know, and it happens. And customers really, really appreciate that honesty. Um, and engaging the audience, like I said, I am on Instagram a lot. Mm-hmm. Sometimes the things you think your customers won't like, and this is something that took a while for me to learn, I made a very basic pasta, I remember, like in the early days of Instagram, and I put it on my feed and my husband was laughing and he said, who's going to want to know how to make that? Mm-hmm. That post received so many comments, likes, you know, uh, questions, People really engaged with it because they don't want elaborate meals that are going to take three and a half hours to cook and you have to source the ingredients from Siberia. They want something that's fast, quick, easily eaten, you know, and that's what they want. So just know what your audience wants by asking them as well. Yeah, that's a fantastic way of engaging with your customers. It's kind of, it's a reflection of yourself in a way. So yeah, that, this makes it makes it very, very easy and um, intuitive and very natural as well. And on, on the point that you touched on, and this is relevant to Mecca Collective as well, which is you mentioned, you know, your uh, identity and your religious yeah. belief and your uh, values and ethics. So it seems like your your Muslim uh, values essentially are reflecting in your business. Is that is that correct to say? So is, is yeah. that your role in, in your business at all? 120%, like 120%, you know. Um, I remember initially when I started the business, you know, my customers knew who I were, but all my customers were Muslim because that is the type of friends I have attracted naturally, you know. And I remember my friend kept saying, you need to show your face on social media. And I kept saying, no, I don't need everyone to know I'm Muslim. Not that I'm ashamed of being a Muslim, but I was scared of who was following because you don't know who's following you on social media. You know, I have customers, I don't even know what they look like, and they've been customers for three and a half years. Mm -hmm. So I remember I was petrified. Of I went live and I was petrified. And I initially wore my hijab in a way that wasn't that obvious, you know, that I was a hijabi. And then I thought to myself, no, people like what I'm doing and who I am without even knowing what I look like. Does it matter that I have a hijab on? No. I also thought to myself, this is a way of spreading the good of our religion by showing that, A, we're normal, (laughs) and B, you know, it doesn't make a difference that I have a hijab on to who my business is, you know. And it's been quite interesting because, you know, like 80% of my customers are non-Muslims and, you know, they say it's so lovely to meet a Muslim person. I wouldn't have met someone otherwise, you know, because they come in and pick up their orders sometimes from our warehouse and interact with myself and my staff. Um, So I do try my hardest to, you know, our Muslim values, that the basics, you know, that we're taught, honesty, integrity, all that sort of stuff really do play a role in my business. Um, you know, employing other Muslim mums, you know, because finding a job as a mum is tricky, um, yeah. especially when you need school hours, you need someone who's flexible, you know, um, and can be okay with you having to leave early or your kids have an appointment or whatever it may be, yeah. can't come in. And that was a priority. Um, yeah, so. Excellent. Excellent. That's uh, 
that's a very valuable insight, I think, for a lot of um, for a lot of Muslim entrepreneurs, because they they might feel shy as to expressing expressing their values, uh, not so much you know making you know dawa or religious invitations to people. It's more so because of the atmosphere in which we in to kind of express themselves and be original, basically. One thing I wanted to ask you as well, and I think the attendees are interested in this, is kind of the future of your business. So. What is kind of the future that you that you seeing? Has COVID kind of changed the direction that you're taking? Uh, where do you see where do you see Ethimama in the next couple of years? So COVID definitely had an effect on the business. Um, it was a really scary time, to be honest with you. Mm. We were operating one day a week, and I remember sitting with my husband that night, and we just started hearing news about COVID. So we sort of start selling on a Friday, and they have to order by Sunday, and you know our initial warehouse was quite small we only had three or four staff members and i remember that friday night we sold out at capacity and we looked at each other and i said what is happening i had no idea because we don't have a tv in the house we don't want the kids to watch things <laughs> what on earth is happening we went across all the news and we just googled it and we're like oh COVID. so everyone wanted delivery um it definitely impacted the business we my husband's for a few weeks has been like, come on, let's go to two days a week. And I've been like, no, I'm comfortable. I'm not ready to grow yet. You know, I'm a mum of three kids. I like being home with them and operating one day a week is fine. We instantly had to open up a second day. We had to get more staff members on. But it also impacted the supply of fruit and vegetables. And that has been the biggest problem. So you can have X amount of orders, but if you can't supply with the fruit and veg, it becomes a problem. So right now with backpackers being unavailable for employment, we are struggling to get produce. Um, and with a lot of the borders closed, like, cause we get produce from Queensland and other places, it's a struggle. Um, the biggest impact was when stage four, the five-kilometre rule hit. So those that are in Melbourne, we are not allowed to travel five kilometres out of our radius of where we live unless it's for work or, um, like, healthcare, um, unless you've got a really valid reason. And we are based in Epping, and a lot of our customers used to travel and pick up their orders from us or the other picker points. However, that is a, for a lot of customers out of their five-kilometre radius. So that Sunday night when it was announced we received 67 emails from customers within five minutes saying, I can't pick up my order. What is the next step? And I had a breakdown. It was hard because I had to book in with a courier and figure out how we're going to get it there, but we did it. We did it. Um, in terms of the future for Earthy Mama, we have, you know, big plans. We're always dreaming, you know. Um, we really want to expand our range of um, products that we have. So chicken and meat is something that's really important. You know, getting organic halal isn't that easy um, in Melbourne especially. And we just want to grow to be more sustainable business as well and a business that doesn't require so much of my time because right now I am working, you know, six and a half days a week. <laughs> Wow. Um, and just moving to more digital, you know, so everything's very paper-based um, and we just want to improve our um, processes and hopefully expand Australia-wide because we know that every state needs an earthy mama. They need us there. <laughs> and it's something we're being requested. Can you send, you know, your produce to Adelaide and Sydney and whatnot? So that's mm -hmm. sort of where we want to head. Um, but it's a lot of hard work and we've got three little ones and two have special needs. So we're just doing our absolute best right now with passion. Yeah. Wow, mashallah. That's that's amazing and very, very inspirational story, really. I hope I hope it's it continues to grow and obviously 
hopefully at a sustainable rate so you can have some downtime as well uh, from what it seems like. And I just uh, saw that uh, one of our attendees, Ahmed, uh, asked a question. He asked, uh, what sort of barriers, challenges did you face and how did you overcome them? I'll, I'll twist it a little bit. I'll say, mm-hmm. what was the most challenging thing that you faced with Earth Imam and how did you overcome that? Look, there's been a lot of challenges. Um, for me, mentally, um, it's been hard finding the work-life balance with mum guilt. Um, you know, I'm going to speak because I'm probably the only mum that's on this chat or the only female that's on the chat tonight. Um, you know, especially as a Muslim mum, I feel like society and our community puts pressure on you. And I kept getting asked. I remember even my grandmother would say to me, so when are you going back to work? When are you going back to work? You're a teacher. You're a professional. What are you doing? But alhamdulillah, this business works for me and my family. Um, we've been in lockdown for six months, which means my kids haven't been at school for six months. And it's brilliant because I can bring them to the office with me and they can work and I can attend to them. I can leave when I need to. Not all the time, but I can leave when I need to. Yeah. Um, the biggest challenge is a few things. Dealing with customer complaints. I feel like because the business, I'm so passionate about it and we love what we do so much and we're so confident in what we do that sometimes customer complaints can really take a personal toll on you um, if someone's not so happy with something um, and just delegation. (laughs) I'm a bit of a control freak. Um, So learning to allow other people into the business to help. Um, You know, even our website, I was doing it myself for a really long time until it got to the point where I'm like, I just can't do it anymore. I don't have the technical skills. We need certain things. And just finding someone to take that role that I could trust was really hard. So trust, delegation, um, and just supply chain can get really tricky. Mm. You know, our wholesalers, it's very hard getting produce from them. You have to be very friendly. You know, there's real loyalty things. So just battling <laughs> through that man world, that, you know, male-dominated oh, right. world. Um, I'm the only female that, you know, I see that goes to the market in her fluoros and her boots, you know. So <laughs> it's just breaking from that, you know, right. traditional role. But alhamdulillah, you know, we get through everything. It, it's hard. It's really hard, but we get through it. Alhamdulillah. That's, that's, that's great. Thank you for providing that insight. Just as a last one, and I wish we could chat for much longer than this, I think a lot of the attendees would love to hear more. Uh, but um, just as a last question before we wrap up, is there any is there anything you would you would have loved to have known before you started this business venture? Um, so <laughs> yeah, that you would like to share to attendees? Maybe just one piece of advice, like the yeah. Um, genuinely, genuinely, I wish I knew more about things relating to bookkeeping and accounting because I have zero experience in that and we have to rely on an accountant and our initial accountant wasn't really giving me all the advice I needed and it's something I have zero knowledge in because, you know, hubby takes care of that sort of stuff. Um, But it would have been great knowing, you know, that sort of information, bookkeeping, keeping things in certain order, you know, what can be claimed, et cetera. I wish I had more knowledge in that. Um, But everything else, I'm a keen and mad Googler. I love technology, Um, you know, but that's what I love about this collective is the fact that they are, you know, planning on upskilling. I'm a teacher by trade. I'm not a fruiterer. I'm not a business owner and I'm not an employer. You know, it was really tricky learning to have staff as well. Um, all my staff are older than me, so <laughs> even that was hard. So I could go on forever, but just upskill as much as you can, you know. That's amazing. Well, 
said we could go on for many more many more minutes. Uh, thank you so much for uh, volunteering your time today. And it's been really, really uh, motivating and inspiring to hear from your story. And I think the attendees Thanks would, for having me. would really appreciate that. So um, to all the attendees, I urge you to um, go and hop on uh, Earthy Mama's website, check out the Instagram. Hopefully mm -hmm. we can be inspired and learn from the story of that business and from Sister Dara herself. So thank you so much. My absolute pleasure. Thank you.